When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. Before we get into the show, let's talk about this week's sponsor, Deputy. In healthcare, there are smart pieces of technology that businesses cannot live without. Deputy has become one of those essential platforms for more than 250,000 workplaces. It's helping medical practices schedule their staff more efficiently to meet peaks in patient demand. And it makes it easy to adjust schedule when the unexpected happens like staff calling out sick. You can use Deputy on any device on the go. Within a few minutes of picking it up, you'll see why it has hundreds of glowing reviews from managers and staff alike. To find out more and to try Deputy for free, go to drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash deputy. So welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And I'm the host, Dr. Christopher Liu, and as you know, I promote four types of freedom on this podcast. So first is financial, second is time, location, and emotional freedom. And I bring on guests that are doing cutting-edge, innovative work outside of the box um, against the traditional medicine grain. And so today we have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Bala. And she is going to talk to us about financial freedom and how she achieved financial freedom by the age of 41. So today's talk is going to be all about finances, freedom, one of my favorite subjects. I, I really I love fi- the topic of financial freedom, physician finances. So I'm going to bring up her bio. And um, so Dr. Uh, Bala is a radiologist. She's a mother. She's a real estate investor and mentor who helps high-income professionals achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. So she did her residency at UMDNJ and fellowship at the Carol Baldwin Breast Center at uh, SUNY in Stony Brook. So she's been a huge advocate for women's health in her role as co-section chief of breast imaging at Staten Island University, and now she's in private practice in Bakersfield, California. Uh, Dr. Ball is also a personal finance and real estate investing blogger and mentor who achieved financial independence at 41, primarily through passive income from her multi-million dollar uh, portfolio of long and short-term real estate rentals in the United States and abroad. She's on a mission to help others get from trapped to financially free through her blog, social media, 
communities and her course, Generating Freedom Through Real Estate Investing. So you can find her on uh, generationalwealth.md.com. And without much ado, uh, Dr. Bala, welcome. Thank you for having me, Chris. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I just wanted to start off by talking about my journey. Um, I'm a radiologist in California, as you mentioned. And um, I started practicing almost 11 years ago. And I did the, the traditional thing. I maxed out my 401, did the backdoor Roth IRA. I was investing in brokerage accounts, got a couple of rentals along the way. I thought I had it figured out. And um, 2019 was a transition year for me because I, uh, there was a merger at work. Um, the terms of the contract changed. It wasn't something that was acceptable to me. And I decided to transition to a different employer. It was a rough transition especially because I had little kids and, um, you know, it was just more, um, it was rougher than I expected it to be, but it really got me start, uh, thinking about financial independence. Um, I felt like, you know, like most physicians, most high income professionals, we are shackled by golden handcuffs. We get used to a certain lifestyle. We're making a lot of money, but it doesn't mean we're investing wisely or we're saving a lot necessarily. Um, and I did feel trapped and then 2020, the pandemic hit, and I'm sure that affected a lot of us because um, there, it was just unexpected, right? Um, work wasn't what it was, uh, what we weren't used to. There was more uncertainty. So just the combination of everything really made me introspect and look at my financial independence numbers. I started understanding that better, looking at it more closely. And I had the fortune of having a couple of rentals and my stock portfolio, right? So I looked at that and um, that was my aha moment. Uh, I had a third of my money invested in real estate, and it was giving me twice as much once you factored in the cash flow and um, the equity buildup that I could tap into. And that was like, for me, that was the, like, the, the moment where I realized that I had to be investing more wisely, because all of us think about we save more, we earn more, and we think that may be the path to financial independence, but it's not, as you know. You know I think investing wisely is the, is the key component over there, and that, that just shifted my journey. I started focusing um, on uh, building my portfolio, growing it rapidly, acquiring more long-term rentals, short-term rentals. I did a burr, uh, which is, you know, buy a property, rehab it, force appreciation, um, tap into that equity, and then rent it out. I did a lot of things to optimize my returns uh, from real estate. And, um, and that's how this year, early this year, I hit my financial independence numbers. And I know now that there can be no transition at work that is ever going to cause me the same anxiety because I'm at the point where... Um, cash flow, just cash flow from my portfolio is going to hit, uh, meet all my family's expenses indefinitely, which is uh, which is a nice place to be. And as you were saying, you know, you talk financial freedom, and I, but I feel like financial freedom also gives me that time freedom, location freedom, where I can work from anywhere, uh, and I mean necessarily be anywhere and still have that money coming in, and then the emotional freedom that comes with it. So yeah, so it was a profound year for me. It was a it was a great uh, it was a great journey for me. Um, just knowing that that having that knowledge makes that huge difference because looking back, I realized that if I had known 11 years ago when I started out as an attending what I know today, it would have made a huge difference. And I probably would have hit my five numbers, financial independence numbers at 35. And, and that's what started me. Um, that's when I realized I want to talk more about it uh, because I was talking to all my friends and I felt like uh, I wanted to have a greater impact and reach more people. Uh, so I started off with mentoring uh, this community of um, professional women from across the country on a social media platform, WhatsApp. And it just started growing organically from there. They wanted their spouses included. And then I just uh, 
you know, included more people in the group, the community started growing. I was doing uh, Q and A's, webinars, and just talking to people about it. But there came a point when I realized that for true transformation to occur in their lives, there had to be something more structured. And that's where Generational Wealth MD came into place. Um, I started a coach, it was initially a course, then transitioned into a coaching program. And I, I helped people over an eight week period understand everything about real estate that I think is gonna give them that head start and help them optimize returns so that they can actually accelerate towards financial independence and achieve, uh, you know, get to the point where they take complete control of their lives and uh, and they can practice medicine any way they want to, you know, on their own terms, live the life that they want. And, and that's um, that's where I am right now. That's, that's such an inspiring story. So, um, you know, we come from some of the same mindsets and um, what, I, what I want the listeners to get away with is, um, so what are some of the challenges that physicians have particularly when it comes to financial freedom, because everybody thinks, you know, once you're an attending or a doctor, you're, you're set. And um, that's actually not the reality. So to tell, you know, so I'm trying to get this out into the masses. So what, what are some of the, why do doctors struggle so much in finances? Uh, yeah, before I, I talk about the challenges, uh, Chris, I want to talk about two physicians who really like they're the what they're doing right now really inspires me to keep going every day so one physician i know commutes four hours each day so two hours each way to get to work and come back and it's not even a job that they're completely satisfied in and to me for a physician who's worked so hard to get to where they are to still have to um, you know, not be able to practice medicine on their terms to just uh, to have to work a job where they're not completely satisfied because they feel that they have no choice. I think that's really sad. I have another friend who's a mom to two twins who are two years old and she travels out of the uh, out of the city every week. So one week she's away from the kids because that's the only job that fits her criteria that she's able to find at this time. And and they, all of them feel trapped. And And as you said, we think high income means more money, more freedom, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because A, uh, there's lifestyle creep. Um, so the more we earn, uh, what essentially happens is that the lifestyle we led as residents is likely not what we're leaving as attending. So uh, we live in um, high cost of living areas sometimes. Sometimes we have a doctor house with a doctor car and all the expenses that come with it. Um, and, and so you're not necessarily even saving more or you may be saving some, but you know it's, it's not gonna get you to that financial independence number anytime soon. And you're gonna be working decades and probably won't be able to retire before you're 60. So lifestyle creep is big. And then there's also the bait that um, some jobs give you, like especially with, uh, with the VA or some other positions where they give you the benefits, right? So you're working essentially because you think, okay, I have the benefits. And then there's also sometimes the, the allure of having a pension or additional benefits in retirement that makes you work till you're 58 or 65. And you almost feel like that's the only way to do it. Uh, so I think those are two big things that the part of the golden handcuff um, um, part of that. But then there's also the way we in, invest. And most of us do the traditional route, which is the stock market. But um, what, I, what I realized, are you save and you think you're going to save yourself to retirement, which is not going to happen essentially. When I was at that point in 2019, I looked and I, like, even with a half a million dollars in my bank account, um, that was going to last me five years if my financial independence number was $100,000. And if you have a portfolio, um, and if you know this, Chris, but just for, for everyone who's listening, when you're drawing, withdrawing from a stock portfolio in retirement, you have a safe withdrawal rate, which means if you want that portfolio to last you, um, 
anywhere from 30 to 50 years, which is what your nest egg should be doing, you're only able to safely withdraw around 4%. And that factors in your asset allocation and retirement and inflation numbers. So when you're left with that 4%, what it essentially means that to have $100,000 in retirement uh, that you're able to withdraw annually, your portfolio needs to be close to $2.5 million. And that's a big number. Uh, and that's going to take you time if you're going to save towards that. Meanwhile, uh, with real estate, you have cash flow. And then you also have the equity buildup. And once you factor all of that in, I mean, just looking at cash flow, you have a 12%, if you're optimizing your returns, a 12% uh, cash flow, that is what you need. And so you're going to, you, with maybe anywhere from 500,000 to a million dollars um, that you invest in real estate, you're going to get that same return. And so I think the reason, I mean, and it, the bigger reasons are that we have lifestyle creep and we're primarily investing in the stock market um, and our asset allocation is not optimal, which is why we're trapped because then we need to get that 25X number. So 25 times your uh, annual expenses before you can even consider retiring. And, and then there's also the mindset, right, Chris? A lot of us think that that's just what you do. You work till you're 65 and that's just how it's done. <laughs> and and you, you have to wake up every morning and go into work. And if you don't like your job, you find another job, yeah. but that's just the way you do it. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was eye-opening for me. And I just hope that yeah, everyone else realizes there's a different way to do it. You don't have to do, do it the traditional way. And that's where I think podcasts like yours are really having a huge impact because you're talking to so many physicians who are doing it differently, right? Some of them are earning differently. They're adding to their income uh, by having additional uh, multiple sources of income. And, and, and then there are the people who are investing very differently where you can still be passive. And, and I think that's what I like about investing, um, you know, um, more optimally is where you can, even with real estate and I do direct ownership, but I can, I keep my portfolio super passive because I invest primarily out of state and I have property managers and I am shifting to more active portfolio, but I, I want people to know that you can keep your portfolio super passive and still have those significantly higher returns where you feel like, you know, you could be spending a couple of hours a month and still get anywhere from five to $10,000 in post-tax dollars every month to spend, you know, for your expenses. So I think that, I think that's key to, to realize that there's so many different ways of doing it. So, uh, so for the listeners, what uh, Dr. Bala was mentioning is um, different forms of real estate. And um, in her course, she'll talk about, in her mentoring and coaching, she'll talk about the, um, the advantages and disadvantage of real estate. But real estate is one of the best vehicles for physicians for generating wealth, uh, keeping your, taking your cash, uh, your active earned income and transitioning it into passive income so you can get your freedom. So, um, and then what Dr. Bala is talking about is um, active versus passive real estate. So um, in the form of syndicates and real estate funds. So um, I know you have a lot of, um, so tell us like, for example, um, so real estate, um, what are some of the, 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 and you've talked a lot about the advantages. What are some of the challenges that physicians face when trying to get into real estate? I, I have a lot of physicians, they're like, oh, I'm interested in real estate, but you know, how do I get in? I, I, you know, I live in San Francisco or New York City and I, you know, I can't get in, you know, so tell us some of the challenges. I think the first biggest uh, roadblock is the mindset, all right, Chris, because when they think about real estate, it's something that 
they have no idea how to get started. The first step is the hardest. And uh, there, so then your, all your limiting beliefs come into play. Of the biggest limiting beliefs I've heard physicians say is that I don't have the time for it. Um, and then the other thing is I don't have the money or it's too risky and I don't have the knowledge. So I think those are the four biggest limiting beliefs. So we'll just break those down. Um, when it comes to time, just like I was saying before, but you can do real estate in so many different ways. You can be super passive and you can be ultra active and, and people do, do it more actively because you have significant tax savings. You can actually shelter most of your clinical income just because you're investing in real estate. And that's a huge uh, bonus for some people. And so and that's what makes them be super active. But um, I, I find that, you know, you can be super passive with real estate. And I think that's what most people need to understand because when I was investing in real estate for the first eight eight years, the first six, seven years, I was only spending, um, and I was doing direct ownership. I owned my rentals out of state. I had a property manager manage them. I only spent, a, I would say a, an hour a month, but I, just to be safe, averaging everything out over the year, a couple of hours um, a month to be able to generate that $2,000 in post-tax dollars that was coming, which is which is more than I can do as a physician, mm -hmm. um, yeah, even in a high income specialty such as, you know, radiology. So uh, I think I think that's one thing to realize when I grew my portfolio to what it is right now within the last year during the pandemic um, to generate to hit my financial independence numbers. I was raising two kids, working a full time job as a radiologist and raising a three year uh, well, at, at that time, a two and a five year old. And so it's definitely possible if you um, if you find the right systems to do it. I I think real estate can be super passive. So what well, the biggest objection is time. And I, I, I think that's the limiting belief that we need to overcome. Uh, and just talking to people who've done it, I think is the biggest way to realize that it can be done and it. it's easy. Um, then the other one is money. Uh, and uh, you would think that physicians have access to a, a, you know, a large amount of money when, when in, putting down a down payment of $30,000 is not gonna be a big deal. But what I've come to realize is that for some people, it can be a big deal just because of, uh, of their lifestyle or the income or other circumstances. And that's where I say, well, if money is an issue, then you should be investing in real estate because then the stock market, the traditional way is just gonna take you that much longer because with real estate, you have leverage, which really helps you scale rapidly. And I think the other big thing is forcing appreciation, which is where you can take a property within a short period of time, you can um, do things to the property to increase the value of the property significantly and then tap back into that money and pull your money out completely. So you have little to no money left in the deal. And I don't think that's possible with the traditional with the traditional route, which is why I think if money is a big challenge, then you should be investing in real estate, which is what I tell people. Um, and then the fact, the thing that people think, the next thing is risk, right? Okay, so real estate investing is risky. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And so am, am I gonna be able to do this right? Uh, and that's where, uh, again, um, uh, they call it alternate investments. And that's because most of your financial advisor, advisors are not allowed to talk about real estate. It's just part of the way their training is. And, but that doesn't mean that real estate is risky. If you ask me, real estate is, is really low risk compared to the stock market. And I'm a, I'm a very conservative investor and index fund investor. So you know how boring I am. Mm -hmm. And I do the same thing with my real estate. I like um, a super conservative portfolio. And, and that's what I try to teach even in the, in the program is that you can have a real estate portfolio that is based on your goals and your risk appetite. You can have something that's super risky, which gives you a higher uh, reward, higher returns, 
or you can keep it super passive, uh, super conservative like me. I like to do class A minus and B properties, which means those are higher end properties where I, you know, I'm not, my tenant base is, is, is you know, uh, is a better tenant pool and I'm not dealing with people where I have to deal with evictions or people who don't pay up. So you could, you could do that. I do uh, residential real estate is, is very conservative and, and you know that Chris, um, you know, you can pick what you want to do and keep your portfolio super risk-free. And so that's definitely possible. And and even comparing the stock market and real estate, I just find that real estate is, in my opinion, um, is, is more risk averse. Uh, it's, it's more to the liking of those people who like to be conservative like me. Uh, because even when, you're stock, when the stock market crashes and you have all the uncertainty with it, if you look at rents, uh, traditionally, even during the downturn, uh, the last downturn in 08, the home prices dropped significantly, but the rent, the rents, national average rents, if you look at those graphs, those stay pretty standard, you know, maybe a tiny bit of a dip for a little bit, but that was about it. And that's as risk-free as you can get. So I think uh, I, I think getting over that limiting belief that real estate is risky is, is really important. Um, yeah, and so just, I think those are the big limiting beliefs that, that stop people. And then the last thing as well, and and I hear a lot of people say this, it's like, I don't know enough to start investing in real estate. And so I'm gonna make mistakes. And, and that's where I say, well, this time, the time right now is like an amazing time. You have all these podcasts like yours, Chris, people who write articles. And I've read a lot of your articles on Kevin MD. Um, you have blogs, um, you have courses, depending on where you are and how much support you need, you have so much available to you where uh, it took me 11 years um, since I became an attending to get to this point, even though I had a mentor, uh, you know, early on and I, and I, he introduced me to a great team, but it doesn't have to take anyone who's thinking about this right now that long. I, I say um, it can take you decades to learn about it and you can learn from your own mistakes or you can learn it in days. You know, my, my program is an eight week program. There are so many resources out there where you can really rapidly learn and educate yourself and get to the point where you can start tapping into the magic of real estate. Um, so it doesn't need a, uh, the lack of knowledge doesn't need to be a limiting belief anymore. You've, uh, you've dropped so many gems and um, we'll have to uh, have you back on uh, in the future as, a, as another uh, guest and or as a masterclass or webinar. So um, yeah, for, for all the listeners out there, um, there's more to what Dr. Bala is saying. You know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. So if they wanted to um, uh, learn more from you or get in contact with you, how would they do that? So uh, the best uh, way is uh, the website, uh, generationalwealthmd.com. Um, so I have a blog on there. I have additional resources, a replays of the master classes I've done in the past. I always think that's a great uh, way to get started. And then there, there's obviously there's the, the contact section where you can reach out to me and get in touch with me. Uh, we also have a Facebook group by the same name, Generational Wealth MD. It's primarily for physicians and other high-income professionals. Most of them are looking to get started, but it's also for those people who have a few rentals and want to scale rapidly. It's a great community. I always say uh, the three things that you need are mindset, um, mentorship and mastery. Mastery is the education part. Mentorship is, you know, is also part of your team. You have a great mentor who's going to help you build that team. But then mindset is super important. That's why the community comes into play. So uh, the, the, there are all these resources uh, that anyone can tap into. <laughs> You, you've touched so many on uh, on mindset and especially mentorship. Mentorship is huge. Uh, you find somebody that's doing what you're doing and is successful and learn from them and replicate it. So, um, so Dr. Bala, what, you know, before we uh, part, what are your final words for our guests? Yeah, um, and this is what I tell, um, tell a lot of people, because right? 
oftentimes it's like, well, I want to do it, but I'm not ready. And I think the biggest thing is you don't have to be ready to say yes. Um, and you don't have to be without fear to take the first step. Oftentimes we're just jumping into things with that fear, just knowing that that's just the way you do it. You don't get any um, returns for investments you haven't made. So just, you don't have to be ready. Just say yes, just, just get started, just start learning, just reach out and take that first step. Um, I think that's important. And uh, the, one more thing I wanted to say is when people look at real estate, they say, oh, I should have done it in 2010 or 2012. And I'm sure, well, I felt it a lot. I don't know if you felt that, Chris. I feel that a lot, but everyone just brings me back saying, it's like the Chinese probably you probably heard the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is is now. It's yeah. the same thing for real estate. You know, yes, that would have been awesome, but this is the second best time, and it still is a very exciting time, I think, to be investing in real estate. Just with um, you know, with with interest rates that are, I think and and inflation, the way things are headed, um, with the way the real estate market is right now, I, I think it's a great time. Uh, and if anyone's thinking about it, this is the best time to get started. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, real estate is one of, is how I got my financial freedom. I know, and then um, so uh, definitely reach out to Dr. Bala for her resources, and um, we'll see you on the next episode. So thanks so much for being on the show, and thanks for so much for um, giving your knowledge and your wisdom. And we look forward to having you in the future. Wasn't that a fantastic podcast episode? Before we end, here's a quick reminder from our sponsor this week, Deputy. If you want to boost efficiency across your practice and make staff scheduling easier, then try the Deputy app. You can try this smart technology for free by going to drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash deputy. That's drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash deputy. We'll see you next week. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrisluemdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.